0: Once again, greetings in Jesus' name. This is Kevin Williams from Death Postponed Ministries with my talk, Ancient Principles from the Bible for Today's Problems. Uh, Today I'm so excited to share with you how God brought us into existence. We were not brought into existence by man, but God brought from created substance. He formed... From clay and dust, God brought you and me into existence. My theme for you today is construct for self-indwell. So God brought this man Adam from the dust of the earth and God indwell him majestically by his spirit. Therefore again my meditation for you today is construct for self-indwell. God created us to indwell us. He wants to indwell you. And he wants to indwell me. We are Joseph Clay. We are vessels of mercy. God constructed us for divine occupation. So we need to be possessed by God. For God. And for the glory of God. We were not created, we were not built for demons, for Satan, for the systems of the world, but we are constructed, we were designed, we were formed, we were were brought into existence for the purposes of God, for God, and for the glory of God. Things cannot satisfy you, my brother nor my sister, but God can. Jesus Christ is the potter and we are the claim. I say again, my theme for your meditation today, Construct for self in It means God brought us into existence that he may have a permanent relationship with you and a relationship with me. I am convinced again of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 for the word of God is God's word will always be God's word can never become obsolete we don't need uh, a new a new doctrine a new Bible the word of God is reliable the word of God is trustable the word of God is eternal uh, it, is, it will never be um, an alternative, it is uh, predictable, it is dependable, it is reliable. So Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is. One, it is alive and powerful. I say it has the power to make us alive. Point two, it is sharper than any double-edged sword. Remember, God's word is a double-edged sword. It cuts uh, and it penetrates. Even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit, five it cuts through the joints and marrow. Why does God's word becomes or is a, a double-edged sword? Why does it penetrate even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit? Listen to this: it cuts through bone and marrow. Why? Because God's word has the power to to be an actually light it it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of our heart we live in a ever-changing world we live in a world of continual deception there is lies and deception in our world but the gospel of jesus christ which is called the mind of god is truth it is eternal it is everlasting it is it has the power to transform a life from downstairs and the take it upstairs. God's Word can take a person that is experienced a nosedive and God can give you a skydive. I say again, the Word of God is alive and it's powerful. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It cuts through even to the dividing of the soul and spirit, of joints and marrow. He judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. So the Word of God is reliable. The Word of God is applicable. The Word of God is necessary. The Word of God is deliberate. It can transform us. It gives us peace. A message The Now, complementary to Hebrews chapter 4.12, we find a revolutionary statement pertaining to the Word of God. 2 Timothy 3.16 Again I say that the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and spirit. Yes, it cuts through joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of your heart and that of mine. 2 Timothy 3.16 All scriptures, the Old Testament and the New, the New and the Old, it is one comprehensive divine mandate for you and for me the word of god is god breath means it is approved of god it has the signature of god it is trustable reliable eternal and dependable what is the benefits of the word of god for you and for me one it is god breath a it is useful for teaching b it is useful for rebuking c it is useful for correcting and d it is useful for training in righteousness once again greetings in the name of jesus i am convinced that jesus is not a god jesus is the god man it means god took on humanity he left his eternal place to dwell in a temporal place not to reject but to redeem not to condemn but to forgive and so I say greetings in Jesus name I'm Kevin Williams from death postpone ministries with my talk ancient principles from the Bible for today's people and for today's problems in the midst of global uncertainty and unprecedented Change we find the epistle to the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 38. Now, in the midst of uncertainty comes the certain person, the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There is certainty in changing times, there's stability in sinking sand times, and that is the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I say in the midst of unprecedented change we find certainty in uncertain times we find the gospel of jesus as per epistle to the romans chapter 8 verse 38 this bible promises is our stability in sinking sand now listen to this Christ is our certainty. Christ is our firm foundation. Christ is our solid rock. He's the cornerstone in troubled times. Nothing can satisfy the heart of man but the gospel of the person of Christ. Nothing, yes, nothing, can separate us from our world. Nothing can separate God from a world, nor can we be separated from God. This Bible verse, Romans 8, 38 reveals that God's character is our foundation that can never be moved. It is the gospel of Jesus that gives mental stability from because it's a rock of ages that cast. For you and cleft for me let me hide myself in thee I quote Paul the Apostle in this Romans 8:38, 38 he gives us ten levels for divine certainty for troubled times now there is changes in our world there is anxiety there is despair There's worry, there's fear, there's trouble, there's mental instability, there is fear, anxiety, and stress as I mentioned. But in the midst of these mental instability comes the certainty of a person, and that is the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God is not a man that he would lie, what he says he will do. I'm a man, it means... I am. have come with a, a, an expiry date, I come and I go, but the Bible says that God is the status quo eternal existence. I quote again, as I say, the Apostle Paul that gives us a 10 level encouragement for divine certainty in uncertain times. Listen to this word. I want you to listen to the manifestation of God's word in scripture. One. He says for I am persuaded. Meaning I am convinced. Listen to this. One. Neither death. Point two. No life. Three. No angels. Four. No principalities. Five. No power. Six. No things present. Seven. No things to come, 8. No heights, 9. No depths, 10. No any other creature. What? Why? What? What can these things not do? Shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now what this Romans 8 verse 38 represents I call it the law of divine impossibilities. The law of divine impossibilities are at work today. It means God will not abandon you and God will not abandon me. Because the gospel of Jesus gives us certainty in uncertain times. Neither death, nor life, nor angel unseen, nor principalities, nor powers nor things present, nor the things to come, nor the heights, nor the lows, nor the depths, or the width, nor any creature. Listen to, nothing can separate you, nothing can separate me from the love of God that is available in the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So there's instability in a world, but listen to the certainty. Uh, it's, it's a staircase of 10 dimensions. Death cannot, life cannot, angels cannot, principalities. They're not, no powers, nor the things that happens in our world today, nor the things that, that is about to happen, nor the heights, nor the lows. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that has been manifested in the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I continue my part of meditation for our study Unraveling the 22nd word in Psalm 21 verse 2. My help comes from the Lord which made heaven and earth. Jesus Christ is the creator of heaven and earth. I call your attention on the meaning of the word made. M-A-D-E from the standpoint of the Greek understanding and explanation. I want to explain the word made from the Greek explanation or component. Let's review the word made. One, the word made is the 22nd word in Psalm 21 verse 2. Point two. As per the English grammar, the word made is called a past. And past participle of the word make. Three, the word Therefore, remind us that God, in ancient past, caused from nothing everything to exist. God created the entire universe from nothing, but He caused that the power of his spoken word brought everything into existence. God is majestic in his power. When he speaks, it comes into existence, the entire universe further reminds us that god did something that cannot be undo or cannot be redo what god has created man cannot destroy man cannot alter so the word reminds you and me one genesis one verse 20, genesis one verse one in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth point b genesis 1 26 and god said let us make man in our image after our likeness see genesis 1:27. so god created man in his own image in the image of god created he him male and female created christ is the creator of adam Christ is the one that will sustain man, that will protect man, that will provide for man, that will heal man. God is unabated in His love. He consistently, continually reaches out to man because we are nothing but with God, all things are possible. So, what's important to note that the word "made" refer to divine action from God. By God and for God. It is for God's glory that he brought mankind into existence so that he remembered, I am convinced that God created... Adam so that he can indwell Adam and have a permanent relationship with Adam. So God will never abandon you. God will never turn his back on you. It is the the essence of God to be in relationship, to be in fellowship, to be in love with you and with me. Therefore made refer to A. God constructed us. B. God gave us being, C, God gave us form and character, D, God fashioned us from dust and the moist of the mist and God formed and God constructed Adam from the dust of the earth so what is majestic to understand is the word made calls for our attention and reflection on John chapter 1 verse 3 listen to this audacious statement from John's gospel that reveals that Jesus that existed before creation is God in the flesh listen to this words John 1 verse 3 all things came into being through him the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and apart from him Nothing came into being that he has caused to come into existence. I am so excited to know that John 1.3 states that Jesus Christ made this what we see, the tangible and the unseen God caused it to be. All things came into being through him with this Christ Jesus. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being majestically. We are reminded that Christ is our creator as per Colossians 1 verse 16. Listen to this great statement. I want you to listen to what God has done for you and for me. As per Colossians 1 verse 16. 1. For by him, the person of Christ, to all things were created. Now listen to this. The Bible says that God caused heaven and earth from nothing to be something. Amen. So God can take a life that is wasted. And God can make you a work of art created in Christ Jesus for good works. For by him, to all things were created. Three, both in the heavens and on the earth, the seen and the unseen. Four, the visible and the invisible. Five, where the thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. Six, all things have been created through him, by him and for him and for his glory. So whatever we see and whatever we don't see was brought into manifestation it came alive because of the person of the lord and savior jesus christ now i want to i want to show you the implications given by john chapter 1 verse 3 and the book of colossians 1 16. what is the implications what is the, what is the excitement uh, produced by the word of god one the universe came into existence because of god by God and for the glory of God. I want to say it again. I want to be real. I just want, I'm so excited to state that that uh, the universe came into existence by the permission of God. By the will of God. By the, by the powerful declaration when God said, and God said, let it be. So by the ten declarations in Genesis, the world came into existence point two I want to make a statement very clearly the big bang theory is not the cause of creation but Christ is the designer and the creator of heaven and the earth I want to say again there's no such thing as the big bang theory nature cannot create itself God calls everything seen and the unseen, to to come into being. God gave us formation, God constructed us so that he may indwell you, and he may indwell me. Point three, heaven and earth came about by the spoken word of God. Their power, their creativity, when God speaks, nothing takes shape. And God brought heaven and earth from nothing into existence. So the sun and the moon and the stars and the galaxies and the planets and space. Out of space. The clouds, the blue sky. The fauna and flora. The mountains, the oceans. the, The animals in the water. The animals on land all these things is because god wanted to be he's the creator he has the audacity to speak and it happens by his spoken word heaven and earth came not because of the big bang theory man is not a descendant from gorillas or apes No, we were constructed from dust and the moist, and God formed clay. We are jaws of clay, and thus God indwells us by His Spirit. I want to state again, point four mankind does not evolve from apes, but from God. In Christ. Who created man as per Genesis 1 verse 1, Genesis 1 verse 26, and Genesis 1 verse 27. Five, listen to this divine statement revealed that God is the cause of creation as per Genesis 2 verse 7. Listen to this gigantic statement that will not change by by the, the education of man, by the sentence of a day. The wisdom of this world, the Bible says, is foolishness for, for and with God. Listen to Genesis 2 verse 17. I'm excited. And the Lord God, Yahweh, the creator of heaven and earth, formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath. Of life and man became a living soul man became alive by the audacity of God's God's will God's permission God's desire God constructed us why so that he may indwell you and may indwell me so I was not created to be possessed by evil spirits nor by demons nor by the systems of this world I am created To be possessed by God the Holy Spirit. For the purposes of Christ. So I have prepared you for our study today. Our 22nd word, the word made from the standpoint of the Greek. I want to to welcome you to this meditation. God construct me and you for his own indwelling. God wants to indwell you and he wants to indwell me. Point A, the name of Creator are being revealed. One, the word made is a relative pronoun with the aim to refer our attention to the noun which is the Lord. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7a states clearly, And the Lord God, this opening statement introduces the name of Creator. For the reader, I want you to know that God has revealed himself. God did not wait for man to discover him. No, no, God revealed himself to Moses as the representative for man. Point three. The name of God is translated in English as capitalized letters, the Lord. Point four. In Hebrew, the name the Lord capitalized is translated and is known as yahweh or jehovah point five the name yahweh or jehovah is called and it means that the the name yahweh means the eternal one revealing that our creator and redeemer represent status quo eternal existence so when the bible says in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth it doesn't mean that God came into existence. It means he who pre-existed without time, who has no beginning, who has no end, caused the temple world to be. So God did not come into being. No, he's the status quo eternal existence. That's why Yahweh means the eternal one. Hallelujah. Point six: Yahweh is the self-revealed God that has no beginning and He has no end. Point seven: Our Creator revealed Himself unto Moses at the burning bush at Mount Horeb, or the Mountain of God, and said, "Listen to a conversation that the self-revealed God engaged with Moses." And God said, "A, I am." that I am. B. The self-existent God revealed himself unto Abram, Isaac, and Jacob before as per Exodus chapter 3, verse 16. Point 8. The word I am means for your benefit and mine. A. God is the only self-existing God in the universe. Point B. He's the self-sufficient, meaning God don't need us to exist, but we need God to continue our existence. God God is not in need of you, my brother, nor of me, but God, but we are in need of God on a moment by moment, every minute, every second, every hour, every day, every week and every month, we are designed for dependency and reliance on the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So this self-sufficient God is available for deficient in man. Man is, in, is deficient. It means we need God to protect us. We need God to redeem us and to, and to, and to save us. From ourselves point C only Yahweh as life in and of himself Jesus says I am the light of the world I am the way the truth and the life point nine the name Yahweh of being defined this is the definition of the word Yahweh or the Lord a eh? he who makes that which has been made point B he brings into existence whatever exists so Jesus Christ is God and as God he brought from nothing everything that we see everything seen or unseen tangible and the intangible governments empires are under the footstool of Jesus he is sovereign God He is majestic in nature point 10 I want to share with you the implications that God exists reveals for our benefit what is the benefit that god exists even before creation point one god is independent from creation but creation cannot go independently from god second god is all sufficient and man without god is deficient point three god exists eternally but men was born and brought in time so we are temporal we are temporal and changeable but God cannot change because God is not a man Jesus says God is spirit spirit cannot be confined cannot be controlled cannot be contained God exists even beyond the highest of heavens God cannot be contained God cannot be controlled God cannot Be kept in a box. No, no, no. He runs to sustain the entire universe. So God exists eternally. But man is temple. That's why we are given birth to. And after a time we die out of this world. But God has no beginning. God has no end. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the first and the last. So we course the world into existence. And man will not destroy it because we are not the center of the universe. We are the recipients of the universe, but we're not the center of it. Jesus Christ is the universal man. He's the center of the universe. Point B. I mention that, under this point, B, I want to say, constructed from dust. You and I, we were constructed from dust. The first man, Adam, was constructed from dust. In order for God himself to indwell his creation. Listen to Genesis 2 verse 7. And God formed man of dust of the ground. Point 2. The statement formed man of dust revealed... God took dust and water and turned it into clay and God constructed, God formed, God made a structure. It was dead and lifeless until God placed himself, until God took heaven and placed it into the earth and becomes a living soul. God the Holy Spirit is the life-giving force. In the midst of a culture of death, fear, and anxiety upon the face of the earth. What the world needs is not better governments. What the world needs is not better programs or more money. What we need is the all-sufficiency, the person of Christ. Because man is deficient. Man cannot go with himself. Man cannot help himself. We need God. So you and I, we were constructed for for God to indwell us. Now it's majestic to know that that the phrase form, man of dust, introduces a Greek word, a Greek word means troikos. H. Troikos. C-H-O-I-K-O-S. 4. Troikos meaning refer to earth or made of dust. 5. The word Soikos comes from the Greek word toos, and it means a a portable or flowable substance with special emphasis to dust, dirt, or excavated soil. B, so the word Soikos means, one, made from loose flowing earth or loose flowing dust. Point two. I want to reflect on First Corinthians, fifteen forty-seven to forty-nine. States this is the what it says. The first man is of the earth. It means the first man is choicose from the dust. Point C. The word choicose explain from the standpoint of a theologian, a nonconformist. Theologian, a Reformed Baptist minister and author, Matthew Henry, and his commentary on the Bible. Point one. Genesis 2 verse 7, explain how God made man in the word of our our author, Matthew Henry. Point A. He says, man is a little world consisting of heaven and earth. Point B. Genesis 2 verse 7 is the account and the origin of both and putting both heaven and earth together. One. Now listen to Psalm 139 verse 14. This is majestic. This is beautiful. This is what it says. This is what the Bible says. We are fearfully and we are wonderfully made as per Psalm 139 verse 14. Point 2. As per Job 33 verse 6. One of the visitors to Job confessed. And said I also am formed out of clay. Point 3. In Genesis 34, 33 verse 4 states. The breath of the Almighty has given me life. And Job chapter 32 verse 8 states. There is a spirit in man. Heaven dwells in man. Heaven is the reason that why the clay and the dust and the moist became a living being. God can do what man cannot. Are you in despair? Are you in trouble? Do you have problems? I say, call upon the manufacturer of you and me and God will restore you. Hallelujah. What's the implications That God created me from dust. What's the implications? One. The same infinite power that made the world from nothing created man. He who caused the universe to exist formed man of created substance, dust and the moist. And man became a living being. Point two. Man is not made from gold dust powder of pearls, no diamond dust but common dust excavated earth. Point three, the Lord God the great fountain of being and power formed man by himself, for himself and for his glory. Point four, the formation of man from dust of tricots implies. Point eight, Isaiah 64 verse 8 states clearly, God is the potter and we are the clay. B, in the Latin term, Materiam, superabat opus, means the workmanship exceeds the material. It is not where we come from, from the dust, but what's majestic important is who caused us to be. The sovereign God of the entire universe, Yahweh, the person of Christ, the person who took on humanity to die in my place, not to allow you to be condemned, but to redeem, not to reject, but to receive. Now listen to this workmanship exceeds the material. Ephesians 2 is 10. Listen to this. For we are God's work of art, created in Christ Jesus unto good works again I want to read Ephesians 2 within. for we are God's work of art created in Christ Jesus unto good works point D second Corinthians 4 7 but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us so in the midst of my temporalness, in the midst of my bone and skin, all these things, is there a treasure in earthen vessels? We are vessels of mercy. We are jars of praising God in dwells you and in me. Therefore, Lamentations 4.2 says, we are the worker of the partisans we did not come into existence by the mere thought of man but by the will of god and so i want to close my pastoral meditation and i want you to i want to remind you of the miracles on jaws of clay in the new testament by the person of jesus john 9 verse 6. jesus spat on the ground and made clay With his saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. This statement refers to the one who at first formed man of clay. This statement takes Jesus back to the moment where he constructed for personal indwell. The man, Adam. In the beginning of time. John 20 verse 22. Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so also I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. I believe this statement reveals that in this is the same person who at first breathed into the nostrils of The man formed from dust and water adam the person of jesus remember what he says before abram was i am do not be fooled by the physical manifestation of a man called jesus within the man is the universal god jesus christ made man and blew into man's nostrils And clay became alive for fellowship with God, for God, and for the glory of God. I want you to know that we are the objects, vessels of mercy. Christ is our treasure in earthen or jars of clay. Jesus Christ came to the world to redeem this man, man made from Adama, earth. Why did God construct from dust and moist and fastened from clay so that he can indwell this man for himself, by himself and for glory. The all-sufficiency in the entire universe wants to be available for deficient man. Jesus Christ is God and as God he came to redeem man for himself. So we are not in the world for demons, evil spirits, for the systems of this world, for money and places, for for what we can do. No, no, we were designed explicitly for the in of Christ, uh, the Messiah, the God who came to Abram, Isaac and Jacob. He's looking for you today. Call upon the name of Jesus and you will be saved. This is Kevin Williams from Death Postponed Ministries with my talk Ancient Principles from the Bible for Today's Problems My theme today, construct for self and dwell So you and I, we were formed and fashioned because God don't want to dwell in buildings that people can build no, no, no. You and I, we were, we were constructed, we were formed, we were fashioned because God wants to have fellowship with you. The peace of the Lord be upon you. For Christ's sake, amen.